Welcome to the People Analytics and Future Work Podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, this is Al Adamson, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute. And I'm here today with Craig Ramsey of Glint. He's a longtime friend and colleague. Craig, you there? I'm here. Hey, thanks for being with me today. And if you would, for our audience, before we jump into people analytics and exciting stuff like that, just uh, introduce yourself and uh, provide a bit of an overview of what Glint is all about. Yeah, thanks, Al. So I've been with Glint about a year, and I've spent most of my career studying employee engagement and helping organizations um, uh, make, make a great impact on their business results through the talent and and effectiveness of their employees and their organizations. Uh, it's really been a, a, a very fascinating ride so far. And um, Glint, where I'm at now, uh, gives me the opportunity to work uh, with some very high-tech approaches and, and very sophisticated approaches to employee engagement um, using uh, a really cutting-edge platform and some artificial intelligence and other uh, techniques that I'll probably describe later in this discussion, but uh, very excited to be here and um, and to take part in something I think that's going to make a huge difference in how we uh, resp- study and respond to employee engagement uh, going forward. Oh, Craig, that's exciting, particularly when you talk about machine learning and obviously the engagement of employees. And you've, like you said, been in this field for a number of years. So if you could, uh, please describe what excited you about Glint. I mean, why did you go over to him? Yeah, that's a great, a great question. You know, I was, uh, I've spent most of my career actually in, inside of corporations, helping them change culture and uh, focus leadership on higher performance uh, capabilities through the employee lens, you know, so gathering employee data. And the process has been efficient, but um, only lately has the technology uh, caught up with the real need uh, that the business executives have for real-time data. I think that's one of the biggest differentiators. Um, When I first started out doing surveys years and years ago, I was at uh, Intuit, and the practices were cutting edge, but the technology that supported those practices, whether it be collecting data from employees, um, aggregating that data, uh, making sense of that data, getting it in the hands of leaders, uh, uh, helping them understand how to take action, a lot of that, now I'm talking, you know, this is a good 15 years ago, was, of course, mostly manual. And uh, I always, at that time, dreamt of a day in which um, this process would be much more efficient and much more driven by both the speed of technology, so uh, and uh, tools that enabled more of the analytics to be done in real time, as well as us doing it smartly. So not just crunching the data and creating statistics, uh, uh, but also applying artificial intelligence and machine learning so that we can actually get ahead of things and predict so that uh, the platform is learning about the organization and the culture and the more and more data and inputs that are fed to the platform, the more intelligent it gets and the better predictions it can make. You know, I can tell you, Al, back 10 years ago when people started talking about that, it, it only applied to to marketing uh and and finance and other uh, functions. It it wasn't anything anybody was considering would ever happen to HR or to an HR process. Uh, So it's really exciting that in the last five years, um, 
people analytics has taken a giant leap forward. And uh, we've been able to apply these kind of technologies to the data that we can gather, uh, particularly in, in Glint's case, uh, collecting opinion data from clients and uh, knitting that up with their downstream business data like attrition, uh, voluntary uh, attrition, regrettable attrition, first year attrition, um, also with operational data like performance, uh, productivity, safety, whatever the, the client's main business objective is, um, the platform now actually enables us to take a, a regular feed of that data, uh, match it up with the ongoing feedback we're getting from our quarterly reports, and begin providing real-time uh, predictive analyses to, to the average manager. Uh, and I think that's another exciting thing now that I'm talking about it. You know, back in the day, we did analytics at the company-wide level. It, and and it, took, it was manual, it was done out of the box, and we were invited on site to do big reports for executives. But the average manager didn't get much more than a, a stats report, you know, participation rates, overall engagement, and that kind of stuff. Not very useful. Well, what's really cool about the tool now is the, the, the platform now is it allows uh, the average manager to have things like key driver analyses, and uh, predictive alerts and, and other very insightful metrics that allow a person on the, the, the line level to have the same sort of um, uh, insights as, as a leader might have. So yeah. those are some of the things that excite me, yeah. Well, yeah, given what you're sharing, it's no doubt uh, the cusp of a, a new era in terms of what we can do in linking to downstream outcomes on a more frequent and incredible basis. And that's all predicated on the fact, hopefully, that we have good data of employee sentiment uh, in the first place. And one of the things that excites me about what you all are doing at Glint is that you are creating measures that not only benefit the insight of managers and leaders, but also help the individual employee, him or herself. So there's greater incentive for that employee to provide accurate and, and truthful uh, data. Can you speak to Glenn's movement towards people or employee well-being? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's a topic that in the last couple of years has really come into focus. Um, you know, the, the, the last thing we have to manage in the workforce, everything else is being well, uh, well engineered, is people's own energy level. You know, the energy that people bring in to the workplace. Uh, and that's very discretionary. Uh, with the amount of workload that people are carrying these days and with the pace of business, um, there really is no downtime for people, and what we're finding is that uh, you know work work life balance was was a viable option a few years ago. Uh, it's it's really in question now. You know how how are companies um, helping employees manage which which uh, a dynamic that's becoming quite a concern in terms of stress levels and in terms of energy levels. And so um, what we're helping clients do uh, at Glint is we're helping them measure. We actually have a, a dimension on in our item bank that is entirely focused on employee well-being. And it has questions about psychological, physical, emotional uh, well-being and safety. Uh, it has questions that get to the core of um, somebody's concerns about their ability to manage their energy level. 
um, and th their level of focus. And um, it does it in a way that preserves the uh, confidentiality of the employees so that uh, leaders can have uh, an, enough data low enough in the organization to react to it, to understand what's going on, but it doesn't particularly, um, and it won't ever point out an individual employee. So it does give the organization an ability to, to, uh, to understand where there's uh, stress is happening, um, how to help employees connect up to well-being, uh, promotions, benefits, and programs that they may not be aware of, and in some cases, uh, the need, the call out, the action to, uh, to provide some of those services where they don't exist. And we're finding a lot of our clients are becoming more and more interested in that view of the world uh, and, and the importance of well-being to these employees, not just uh, to get the work done, but to make sure that the employee is taken care of in the process. Got it. And I recall back when you were at Intuit, uh, the... Uh, mission to enable or allow employees there to bring their whole self to work, their authentic self. Um, and you had diversity councils and, and other means in which to uh, facilitate that. So my question to you, not only at Intuit, but in other call it leading organizations that are creating a positive culture where people do in fact feel psychologically, emotionally, and physically safe, where they can come in and do their best work. What are some of the key attributes of leadership in those organizations, as well as the people analytics capability? Are, are you seeing uh, dedicated professionals in the people analytics, a COE, assuming they have one? Are the leaders enlightened and actually commissioning uh, such groups? Or is there some different dynamic where you have a uh, maybe a senior manager or director who's actually doing a grassroots effort to you know, bring about change and raise awareness uh, among leaders? So what are some of the key characteristics or commonalities do you see among companies that are doing analytics and building this positive culture in a you know, productive, uh, successful way? Well, I think I, I would start with uh, shining light on some really uh, what I would consider best practices out there. Uh, Intuit is, is one of Glint's clients. They've done a great job with diversity and inclusion uh, you know, in, in our working with them. Um, but uh, one of the clients that uh, has recently taken on this uh, in a really big way is LinkedIn. They're another one of Glint's clients. And LinkedIn has made it from the tops down an absolute concerted effort uh, in their values and in the way they state their culture and in, in the management and leadership expectations that they put out there that employees need to feel that they belong uh, to the company. And uh, so it goes a little bit beyond the, the sort of diversity and inclusion um, lens, and it looks at individuals and, and, um, and really tries to assess with the help of surveys and with the help of um, other assessments whether people feel that they belong. And, and belonging to, um, to LinkedIn is split out into several different concepts. So I won't go into detail on how they measure that, but um, essentially they're getting at um, aspects of whether people um, can bring their whole selves to work. And um, they're very serious about it. They, they look at uh, the scores on the belonging. There's actually a, a belonging dimension that they, that they measure on their survey. And each manager gets the uh, score for that for their team on that dimension, and they have to address 
um, the issues, uh, if they have issues on their team, in terms of what's creating a sense uh, of fairness, of equal treatment, of um, acceptance, and uh, what's creating that, that environment in which, uh, in which uh, employees feel that they belong. Yeah, uh, thank they actually, uh, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, thank you for sharing. And uh, Maria Jimenez Cepedes is going to be sharing uh, more about uh, LinkedIn's uh, Dibs Index, Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging, um, at our conference next month, uh, People Analytics Future of Work. Fantastic. So that's going to be exciting. And, uh, yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to learning more about how Glint uh, contributed to that. And that actually – leads to a, a question in terms of moving forward, uh, maybe beyond engagement, if you will, uh, what other constructs do you see uh, emerging and influencing change? Uh, you mentioned a few already, belonging, safety, um, Engagement arguably has been out there for some time. There's some who you know, want more or something you know, different. Uh, is engagement you know, where um, it should the focus be, or should it be in other areas as well? What are your thoughts there? Well, you know, engagement as we define it here is a, a, a well-rounded construct that's not just made up of satisfaction and, and uh, you know, and willingness to recommend, but we also look at uh, behaviors like willingness to perform. Um, we look at other other types of commitment, whether it's normative commitment or um, or uh, um, continuance continuance commitment. There's several ways to bisect and dissect engagement. That, and as we work with clients, we want to know really what are what kind of attitude do you have? Do you want to have in your employees, and what kind of uh, predisposition do you want to have in your employees? So that um, you're measuring with the fewest number of items, you're measuring that that special quality that makes people want to come and stay at your company. Um, and what's I think. You know, there's an argument out there of whether engagement has sort of had its day. Um, and we're not, at Glint, we're not uh, strongly uh, pitching or espousing any particular point of view about which measures are the best ones to use for engagement, although we do have our favorites. We, we uh, have our overall ESAT question. But more importantly, in linking engagement and the survey items up to downstream business outcomes like attrition, like safety, and whatever the client's uh, business objectives are and their KPIs, by linking that up, we get to see very quickly how um, this concept uh, engagement predicts or doesn't predict those outcomes. And we work with clients over time to get better measures of those predictions. So eventually when we have the right set of uh, outcome measures within the survey, uh, they may be different than your classic engagement measures. They might be like uh, in the case of LinkedIn, belonging and uh, other types of measures, you know, the ability to innovate and to feel creative. Uh, so there's other uh, indices that emerge as outcomes when they become very predictive of the downstream business uh, uh, KPIs, and so we see this as a as a, a moving a moving process as the culture changes, as um, different leaders take over, and as different strategies are in place at the client company. Um, we're less concerned about whether we're measuring engagement the exact same way ten years in a row, and we're more concerned with how does how are we helping the client move its workforce and its culture 
more closely to business objectives vis-a-vis some sort of proxy-like engagement. Got it. And so what I'm hearing, just to play that back, is what you all do is provide insight into how the economic engine of an organization works all the way from the talent perspective. In other words, how talent affects maybe the customer experience or affects innovation, productivity, and in turn, downstream outcomes. So then you can focus on the areas that actually have the strongest impact on those downstream outcomes. Did I play that back accurately? Absolutely. Uh, so, we, you know, within our survey platform, you played that back extremely accurately. Within our survey platform, uh, not only can you study, you know, which uh, employee attitudes predict uh, the, uh, the engagement, which is also an attitude because it's self-reported, but, but also the platform allows uh, us to connect those dots, those same dots downstream to the business outcome. So, uh, there may be cases uh, where engagement is driven by several items, but when, as we look at regrettable attrition, it's a different set of items. So then you have to ask yourselves, what are we going to focus on here with the client? Um, is it about creating a perfect engagement index or is it about addressing, uh, taking, taking advantage of what the data is telling the client to fully address all the levers they have to pull to manage their business from a talent perspective? Got it. And the idea that leaders have their own way of leading and their own set of values or behaviors that they would like the employees uh, to um, exhibit day to day, if they have their own constructs, uh, their own language, their own definitions, uh, can you all accommodate those so there can be alignment between what is communicated to the workforce and in turn what is measured? I, I presume, yes. I just want to you know, clarify that point. Well, uh, let me understand the question, Al. So is it um, leaders being individual leaders within a given company having their own differences or is this a difference between one company and the other? One company or the other where leaders want to create a unique culture and a unique way of doing things. And thus they might yeah. have different communication and different uh, definitions and resulting measures. And I'm just uh, exploring, you know, can those uniquenesses company to company be accommodated? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things I love about Glint is that Glint has a strong point of view uh, and core platform around across you know, thousands and thousands of da- tens of thousands of data points, millions of data points. Um, what what minimum um, items or minimum concepts need to be measured in order to uh, comprehensively understand an employee's motivations and, and engagement levels? So, we have a core data set of 20 items, and they account for over 90% of engagement uh, across our clients. Now, that doesn't mean that all clients have to use those items. Um, we're, we, would, we would present those items as a real opportunity, um, but in almost all cases, the resulting surveys that we produce are entirely customized to the client's experience. And in some cases, they're using none of our items. They're, it's a completely customized tool and instrument. Uh, for for measuring engagement. So um, while we do have a, a database uh, point of view, we we um, fortunately are flexible enough to work with with our clients to make sure that 
how we measure their talent and their workforce is extremely unique to them. That's fantastic. And that's, uh, frankly, music to my ears, because having been in the space a uh, pretty long time as well, uh, you know, the days of, OK, here is our 60, 70 item survey. And this is pretty much it. And, uh, you know, lacking that flexibility, you know, it's great to hear that we're now at a point where there is that flexibility. And I think that's important from a, a cultural perspective. And obviously, it can add unique value, as opposed to the same value that another company, potentially even a competitor would realize. So that's great. Uh, speak to the frequency uh, of data collection, and the frequency in which uh, leaders or managers can access the insight that you're speaking to? I mean, historically, it's been an annual survey. Is that still the norm, or what are you seeing emerge as a leading practice? Well, I think, um, so taking a step back from, from the HR arena and looking at how leaders um, use data to manage their day-in and day-out businesses, uh, depending on the function you have at a company, if you're any sort of manager, you've got access to all sorts of tools and, and technology to help you run your business. You're getting ongoing feedback and you're getting ongoing um, reports on how operations are going. You're getting ongoing reports of, from finance. You're probably getting ongoing reports from a number of other uh, and data and, and dashboards that are measuring all aspects of your business. The only one you're probably not getting uh, ongoing feedback on in a real-time sense of what's going on is from the employees and what's and what they're thinking and how they're feeling. Um, in most of the companies that we're still working with, and we we probably convert an average of a couple companies a month from an annual survey to our quarterly platform, uh, and most of them are delighted to finally get an HR platform and um, process that matches the rest of their business. Uh, it doesn't do them any good if they need to understand the employee sentiments to make wise talent decisions if they're only getting the data once a year. So um, Glint was founded and invented on real-time analytics, uh, and so technically they could, get, they could get data anytime they want to. They can do weekly surveys, monthly surveys. What most clients uh, are doing now is quarterly surveys, and the reason being is the quarterly cadence allows those surveys to act in two ways. Uh, they can act as data gathering uh, for uh, implementation for designing programs that are upcoming in their fiscal year. So they might want to find out what's the employee perspective on recognition these days because we're going to put together a new recognition program. So it becomes an input to some decisions they're going to make that are highly informed by the sentiments of the workforce. Or second, it's used as a measurement of something that's been implemented um, and they want to find out how people have received it. So. Uh, maybe a, a new uh, cross-company initiative has been put in place, and so they want to measure how employees have, have reacted to that. And the rest of it is generally pointed at management practices that are ongoing all the time, how people are being managed, how people are being promoted, how people's careers are being handled, and things like that. So um, we end up having uh, quarterly surveys with our clients that have about 12 to 15 items, no more. Uh, we don't do any 60 item surveys with anybody. Um, that's really not our business. If they, you know, if clients want to do 60 item surveys, there are plenty, plenty of old world vendors that still want to do the big annual survey, but that's not our target market necessarily. Uh, 
Got so it. we tend to work with the quarterly surveys. The quarterly surveys uh, match the business cadence in terms of being able to provide just the right amount of fresh data at just the right frequency to help them better manage their business. So if a leader or an organization is doing quarterly business reviews, this can be insight that informs the maybe retention strategy, recruiting strategy, uh, learning strategy in the following quarter and beyond. In the absence of this insight, you know, they might just be going off legacy or, or old information. So you're bringing more relevant, actionable insight than would otherwise be the case. Is that accurate? That's exactly right. And by the way, in order to do that, you have to have reports in managers' hands in no more than two days. Uh, the annual survey process at most companies takes at least two weeks, sometimes four weeks. We've even heard of six weeks before managers are seeing data. Well, in today's world, six weeks later, the organization probably looks different. So immediately discounting the validity of the survey, we can get data in managers' hands within hours and so it becomes just like any other business process that they have where they're getting ongoing feedback uh, to run their business. And in that, in, the, in that sense, it even makes the action planning process less onerous. They're not looking at this as some thing where I have to block out time and take all this, you know, create a big, long um, annual initiative or two or three to take action on my data. It becomes more of a natural input on you know, 15 items that, uh, that they're going to address over time, not expecting to see market increase by the next survey, but given a year's worth of surveys, that would be three or four surveys within a year, that they should see increase, uh, an increase in scores on the items that they wanna take action on. So the, the whole model of how surveying, engagement surveying and feedback, more real time, more actionable, more, more immediate feedback, that is not um, something that's new to leaders uh, in other parts of the business. And so uh, we're providing that same sort of cadence uh, from an HR perspective with employee yeah. feedback. Fantastic. And you know, some listening might uh, immediately jump to survey fatigue uh, on a quarterly basis. But what I'm hearing is 15 items, give or take, on a quarterly basis uh, isn't too much for employees to absorb. So what are your response rates like? Um, have you seen a drop off with the increased frequency? It's That's a great question. So first of all, all our survey, 15 items takes about two minutes and 30 seconds to fill out. So it's, it, you know, it, wow. if there's an argument out there about, holy smokes, we can't do this, um, I, I find it difficult. And as most employees do too, so it, our employees, the, the employees that are taking our survey are actually taking, uh, experience, having a beautiful experience. It's a completely clean and lovely interface. It's easy, it's intuitive, it's simple clicks. Uh, we invite uh, quick comments on every question if employees want to do it so they don't have to save all this thing up and write a book at the end of the survey. Um, there's a number of ways we make it efficient. It's also designed for all mobile platforms first. So this is a really easy survey to take if you're sitting in a doctor's office or just anywhere you, you know, employees have access to their, their smartphone. And so it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, what we see is we see we, our average uh, in, um, participation rate is about 85% right now. That's really high. Um, and when we, when we first uh, introduce surveys to a new client, we often see that the rate 
dips down slightly after the first survey and comes back up after the second or third survey. And we've, we actually dug into that to find out why does the rate drop down a few points and go back up. And interestingly, we found that employees at first have a real goodwill, a sense of goodwill about the survey, but often feel like uh, that they have to take it. And then once they do take it and they find what a, an easy experience it is, um, the, the survey the, the survey uh, rate generally goes up. There's a little bit of skepticism at first, so it might drop in the first couple of surveys, and then we see that rate come back up. So um, clients that have been with us for about a year are seeing 85% average responses. That's fantastic. Now, one more question before we start to wrap up. Uh, confidential and anonymous uh, versus uh, <clears throat> confidential and non-anonymous. I, I presume you do the latter so you can do that linkage. And also, is that becoming more popular if so? Yes and yes. We do the latter. We, we promise confidentiality um, and anonymity from an employee uh, company standpoint, but confidentiality from an employee glint standpoint. Uh, we have identifiers, so obviously within Glint, we know um, how to connect an employee's survey responses up to their demographics. Uh, but um, no one at the client company will ever see anyone's individual responses attached to their name or any sort of identifying information. And the algorithms in place that control reporting wouldn't allow, won't allow for any reporting lower than five responses uh, to, to, to see data. So. Um, there's no way that any employee can be uh, exposed, with the exception of if they're uh, doing text comments, we don't scrub them. We, we warn employees or tell employees that what they write is what managers will see. And so um, employees need to be careful about how, what, you know, if they want their text to be truly anonymous, they have to be careful about how they, how much detail they put in the text. Right. Um, well, that's yeah. fantastic. I mean, I, again, I, as I'm talking with you and, you know, we've known each other for a number of years, I can hear the excitement in your voice. And, you know, I, too, am excited not only for what you and, and Glint are doing, but just for the space in general, because I, you know, to your earlier point, you know, with more frequent data, the greater the integrity on the linkage to those downstream outcomes, um, particularly when the data that you're gathering is going to benefit the employee in addition to supervisors and leaders, you know, the quality of the data is better. So you're certainly on uh, a great mission there. Uh, any closing comments for the audience? Well, I, what I really pleases me, uh, and thanks for asking, is, um, you know, we've been in this industry all for a long time. We've seen one company do the artificial intelligence right, another company do the natural language processing right, a third company doing the reporting right, and, and yada, yada, yada. Nobody has put, been able to put all of these technologies and methodologies together in one package. Uh, and as a consumer, I've been a consumer of these products a lot longer than I've been actually a, a producer of these products like I am at Clint. Uh, but internally, I was always wishing that someone would come along and, and put all of this together in a package that was a real business tool. And um, I, I'm just in awe because Glint has actually done that. I mean, I've been here almost a year now, uh, and I'm still learning something every day. Uh, and the company is really uh, fiercely focused on 
driving the cutting edge of this, of this technology and producing something that's really next generation. So super excited about it. Glad to see that finally somebody's put it all together. And uh, we've amassed more clients than most of the big consulting firms uh, have uh, on their current books. In, in the two and a half years we've been in business, we've got over 150 clients. So we're wow. just growing like crazy. Well, Craig, always great speaking with you. Thank you for sharing today. That's been Craig Ramsey from Glint, and I uh, hope to see you all soon. Thanks for listening. All right. Thank you, Al, for the opportunity. Take care, and I'll see you at the conference. Yep. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. To find other podcasts, videos, upcoming events, and to join the Global People Analytics Network, please visit us at globalpeopleanalytics.net.